When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. This is Frank McKay. More importantly, a fourth day of LISC discussions. And we're doing kind of a retroactive, um, retrospective view on what LISC the Long Island serial killer has been and, and what happened in 2022, uh, which is significant, by the way. Nothing happened for years. It's been ignored. It's been covered up. But the new district attorney was elected in 2021 and 2022 saw his, and that's Ray Tierney, saw his uh, inauguration or whatever you want to call it, his swearing in. And that was a new day for the families of the victims of the Long Island serial killing because we knew that something would be happening. And by the way, quite quite a bit has been happening. It's not, you know, necessarily reported. And by no means do I have inside information. I won't say that uh, at all. But uh, the fact that that we uh, we tamped down and and we we stopped doing a very popular a series which was on every Wednesday on uh, on a local station out here on Long Island and in some Florida stations and um, uh, by the way I'll be talking about uh, some new stations uh, in the in the uh, in the next uh, few days I'll be sending out on social media a whole bunch of new stations and we'll talk uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, as we move on, but the LISC, the Long Island Serial Killing uh, series, uh, we kind of took to a certain point, and at that point, uh, I stopped talking about it on Wednesdays, and one of the reasons I stopped talking about it on Wednesdays is uh, is because the new people are, are in there, and you figured, well, let's give them a shot, and more than that. Uh, let's give them some confidence that something will get done. Rodney Harrison is the new police commissioner. He's not that new anymore. He's been there a year. And interesting thing about him is that he took over as, and he's a cop's cop from everything we hear. He's wonderful. He came from New York City. And he he came into the the new job appointed by Steve Ballone, who, by the way, is a, a big part of covering up the serial killing, uh, the the investigation for the serial killing, and he um, had appointed Rodney Harrison, same way he appointed Jimmy Burke chief. Uh, Harrison is the commissioner, but Jimmy Burke was appointed chief because he he could get uh, overtime and it added to his pension and all that. I don't think that's an issue for for Harrison. He had uh, already been retired. I think he's already been on pension because of uh, 30-something years in New York City and from everything I, I hear, just wonderful reports back. 
But the interesting thing is that Ballone has not talked anything about uh, Lisk, the Long Island serial killing, uh, Jimmy Burke. In fact, he never fired Jimmy Burke. Think about that. Even when Jimmy Burke beat the hell out of Christopher Loeb, he, um, he never fired Jimmy Burke, his hand-picked police chief. He obviously couldn't. Everybody in the world would have, but Steve Ballone didn't do that. And instead, what he did is he attacked Spoda, who was under federal investigation for covering up for Jimmy Burke, his appointment, Steve Ballone's appointment. And it distracted. It was it was sleight of hand, political sleight of hand. Very well done by by Steve Ballone, the county executive, because he went after the main guy, the DA, but he went after a very wounded DA. He wouldn't have dreamt doing that if Spoda wasn't under federal uh, and serious uh, federal um, investigation, which, of course, led to Spoda, Tom Spoda, the DA, uh, led to him uh, going down with Chris McPartland, his right hand, and the three men, and that's Tom Spoda, um, Jimmy Burke, when he was at the DA's office, and uh, Chris McPartland ran the DA's office for for years, and uh, that was the triumvirate of that very powerful office. And till Jimmy Burke, until Jimmy Burke went to uh, the uh, be the police chief and left the DA's office, uh, did that trio break up. Now, a misnomer, and here's another fact, and, and a lot of people don't talk about this, even Newsday, who protects Ballone, by the way. Uh, Newsday didn't bring up this point all that much, but this is an absolute fact. Just the same way uh, it was a fact that uh, Jim, and it is a fact that Jimmy Burke kicked the FBI out, along with Steve Ballone, of the investigation on Lisk uh, as soon as they took over. The day they took over, they got the FBI out. We know, and it's been confirmed by Aaron Moriarty, two-time uh, Emmy Award winner, 48 Hours CBS on her LISC coverage. She got the tip from me to her producer, and uh, and and she asked Jerry Hart, the former lead agent from the FBI. So it's a fact. It's not conjecture. It's not. Uh, it's not just commentary. It's not rhetoric. It's a fact. The Blown administration kicked the FBI out of the investigation right as it was getting going, a, a year into it, let's be fair, a year into it, when Levy left and Blown came in, the FBI was asked to leave. Anyway, as we get to the point where, uh, where Blown had put in uh, Jimmy Burke, the misnomer was that Tom Spoda wanted Jimmy Burke as police chief. He never wanted him there. And I, I'm telling you, here's another fact, an absolute fact. He never wanted Jimmy Burke out of the DA's office where he had some control over him. Spoda, and he's told this to me and he's told this to anybody close to him, did not want Jimmy Burke out of the, the district attorney's office. Jimmy had a lot of power there at the DA's. He enjoyed it, but he had worked that out between uh, Steve Ballone himself and, and Bobby Strickoff, uh, best friend of Steve Ballone, 
in uh, in the kitchen. Uh, it was a Sunday in the kitchen um, soon after Ballone was elected, and they had worked it out. Spoda never knew about it. They kept it quiet, and they sprung it on people, uh, you know, as late as possible. When I asked Spoda about it, when I found out that Spoda didn't know about it, right before I was doing my my uh, first series, this, this is years later, right, years after Burke was appointed and all the nonsense uh, happened, all the, you know, criminal activity happened, I had said to Spoda, I said, you know, I... It's my understanding that you didn't know, you didn't know that uh, that Burke was being appointed, and his voice changed, his whole attitude changed, and he said, "Frankie, it was a punch in the effing gut. It was a punch in my effing gut." He said, "I would never." He said, "I love Jimmy. I would never stand in his way, but the way those sneaky, you know, whatever uh, bastards will just say, I'll clean it up." did it he said it was a punch in my effing gut they made me look like an effing fool he said they could have told me i wouldn't have standed uh, stood in jimmy's way he said it was disgusting what they did and how they did it the sneaky prick and blown that prick you know and he said well, all of this <clears throat> so anyway that was uh spoda's take on it and i know spoda he's not that good an actor he was hurt he was pissed angry real angry that this was um, that this was done. He never wanted Burke there. By the way, he never wanted Burke away from him because he thought Burke would get in trouble if he didn't have some kind of um, uh, overview. And he was, he was absolutely right. Uh, another point is somebody very close to Burke and somebody who knows Ballone very well. After... It came out that Christa, Christopher Love was beaten up by Jimmy, uh, police chief. Keep in mind, uh, who and and Christopher Loeb was the the guy who robbed him, um, a drug addict who robbed uh, Jimmy Burke and many other cars that night. And when when Burke um, did this, and it, it came out, and it was disclosed that Jimmy Burke beat up a suspect. I think handcuffed. Right? He was he was handcuffed, and, and the police chief beat him up because he had porn and he had he had his holster and he had all this stuff that belonged to Jimmy. As soon as that came out, a friend of mine was pumping gas, uh, you know, his own gas at at a uh, self serve uh, gas station, and he saw Balone the day after, and he said, "Yeah," he said, "I heard heard about this. I, I guess you're gonna have to get rid of Jimmy." And Ballone's face turned white. And he said, he said, get rid of Jimmy Burke. He said, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of Jimmy. He was like, well, you got to suspend him or something. He was like, no, I'm not. Oh, my God. I'm not getting rid of Jimmy Burke. No, I, I just, uh, oh, God, no, absolutely not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that. And he just was frightened to death, Ballone was, because he was frightened to death of Jimmy Burke. Uh, Frank McKay here. Uh, coming back right after these commercials. We'll be back right after this with more Breaking It Down. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. 
So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone back. Segment two of Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. More importantly, our LISC discussion, the Long Island serial killing discussion. And it's the first time I'm doing this here on this station. Maybe the last time uh, you'll hear from me doing this on on this station. Um, but we are, uh, we are talking about the Long Island serial killing. Long Island serial killing. Uh, one of the things that uh, we were just talking about before the break was uh, was the fear. The last thing I said before the break was the fear that Steve Ballone had of Jim Burke, uh, his his police chief. By the way, the fact that he appointed Jimmy, the fact that he appointed Jimmy to be police chief, will tell you the fear he had because he knows and he knew at the time, Steve Ballone the ingoing county executive, all about Jimmy's background. I don't know if he knew everything, but he knew Jimmy well. And he also was handed a letter about the IA reports. IA is internal affair reports that were, uh, you know, very well known within the in the system, within the within the police department that Jimmy Burke would be taking over. <laughs> Jimmy Burke would be taking over as police chief when, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. He was going to take over as police chief and Steve Ballone appointed him police, Jimmy Burke, police chief, when he had internal affair reports about having prostitutes in his his car, in his squad car when he was a cop and, and Afterwards, when he was, uh, when he was um, having uh, sex in in his, I, I assume it was the Grand Marquis that I knew of this Green Grand Marquis had, uh, and then also as a detective, the the other thing is that uh, Jimmy had a, a a long list of of incidents that happened and you know the the biggest the biggest and if you you look back on a on a show uh, one of two shows interviews with a man named guy malone and this is an insurance broker he's probably in his 70s now but at the time at the time of these ia reports um he had guy malone had no idea who jimmy burke was but he was going through a divorce with a woman named Heather Malone. And Heather Malone, and this is well documented, right? This is, uh, you know, this isn't conjecture. This isn't, uh, you know, this isn't rumor. This is, uh, this is well known. Um, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Burke was followed by uh, investigators, private investigators. And the private investigators got got a hold of him 
because of a beeper, keep in mind when this was, this is in the 90s, so pre-cell phone or pre, you know, uh, heavy cell phones. So this was in the 90s and Heather Malone, who was uh, a hairdresser by trade, but was, uh, according to their findings, um, running a prostitution rink in and around Smithtown, where, where Jimmy grew up and, and lives and still lives to this day. And she had a, uh, a beeper that talked, maybe it was a nail, maybe it was a nail business, right, that does nails. I thought it was a beauty and nails, whatever. But it turned out to be a front for a prostitution rink. The beeper was was registered to a Jane Burke, J-A-N-E Burke, at Jimmy Burke's home, longtime uh, home in Smithtown. And, you know, this, I guess, raised people's antennae because there is no Jane Burke. And, and it was Jimmy just, I guess, changing the name. And there were hundreds and hundreds of calls for men to get their nails done or their hair done or whatever. And, and it raised the antennae of the private investigators. And sure enough, they found that it was a prostitution ring. And the, the divorce went on. And Guy Malone had done, uh, spent so much money. I, I mean, he was hurt, right? I mean, it was uh, his, his wife was, um, uh, was having an affair and uh, using, you know, all kinds of money and, and everything else and running this prostitution ring that he knew nothing about until the investigators got it. And then he didn't know who Jimmy Burke was, but Jimmy Burke ended up being her partner, her sponsor, but a cop, working cop, that uh, gave protection to the, uh, the, the prostitution business. And he ended up living with Heather. He was very close to Heather uh, for years and years and years and years. And they lived, you know, domestically as a couple um, at, uh, at Jimmy's house and, and between that and Heather's house. And that's, you know, well known. When this all came to light, it was during a deposition, and Malone told me and told other people, reporters, Newsday, Tanya Lopez, who's now at the DA's office, but she was at Newsday at the time, and um, I, maybe Erin Mori, I'm not sure, but uh, different people who have covered Lisk, the Long Island serial killing, uh, because of, uh, really because of the cover aspect, and and. Burke was always considered by the public a person of interest. I don't believe, and I'm saying right now, uh, I don't believe that Burke is the killer of um, of these these sex workers. But uh, you know, certainly he covered him up along with Steve Ballone. It's that's a fact. It's not even you know. It's uh, it, that'll be coming out uh, soon. You know, as the as these crimes get solved, you'll see more and more. And and of course, it's already out that they got the FBI out. They they hindered the uh, investigation, and there's no question about it. It's not even it's not even up for discussion. They don't even 
they don't even deny it. You know, they've never denied it to me. Nobody's ever come up to me and denied it in these whatever twelve years or whatever it's been thirteen years since I've been talking about it privately and publicly. So anyway, where it really came to a head uh, is is when Guy Malone was uh, his lawyer in his divorce case with Heather was deposing Jimmy Burke. Jimmy Burke um, was represented by uh, by Spoda, O'Rourke, and you know the, these these other two guys uh, who had a firm, and they were they were handling his case, and they had two hundred and fifty questions, I believe it was, that they were going to ask Jimmy Burke, and all about the you know the very specifics of the prostitution ring, and and Burke sat there valiantly, right? He was uh, defiantly gonna gonna take the questions. Well, they got through 10 questions and then they waved it off and they conceded to, they conceded to whatever Heather, uh, um, Heather um, was being asked for, whatever Guy Malone wanted at that point. They caved in and they gave it to him just to end this deposition because it was nothing but trouble. And uh, they knew where it was coming, and they knew that there was a prostitution ring, uh, you know, involved, and that it was going to look horrible for the police department, Suffolk County Police Department, who, by the way, I don't, I don't blame Suffolk County Police Department. It's Jimmy specifically, and his his circle around there. But all of this information that and the 250 questions and everything else uh, was submitted to. Uh, to IA to internal affairs about Jimmy and he had this tremendous tremendous internal affairs report against him and when he um, when he became when he became the police chief uh, Ballone was uh, was told about it I'm sure he knew about it beforehand and he just ignored it in fact Newsday published a uh, you know, a, uh, the, uh, a fa- the fact that the letter, there was a, a letter sent to Ballone and sent to Newsday. It was no hiding. I mean, Ballone and, and, and Newsday have had a, a cozy relationship, so there was no hiding. And Newsday urged him not to appoint Jimmy Burke. Um, and a big, big reason why was this letter, and I was pointing to his IA reports, his internal affairs problems. So anyway, Guy Malone is a very interesting uh, dynamic uh, character in this whole matter. And, and by the way, on the positive side, he's, he wears a white hat uh, for sure. Good guy. I've uh, you know I've interviewed him several times, and well, twice uh, you know for radio. But I mean, I spent a lot of time with him, um, and a very believable individual. Anyway, he's uh, between Florida and here now, and. Uh, he's in his 70s, but uh, what what work he and his his crew did. Frank McKay here, coming back right after this with a part three. We're talking Lisk in a retrospect, and Frank McKay here signing off. We'll be back right after this with more breaking it down. This is breaking it down with your host Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone back. Segment three of day four of LISC of the Long Island serial killing retrospective. Uh, 
look at what is uh, what is going on and what has gone on and in my mind um, a lot will uh, will be uh, done this year and exposed this year if, if not a complete solve then certainly uh, a partial solve of of what's happened to the 10 to 16 victims I say 10 to 16 because there's some dispute of who is um, who is uh, actually a victim in this case but 10 uh, pretty much confirmed mostly women the only two that aren't is a baby girl baby doe she's known as she was found with the gold earrings and uh, a um, uh, someone that we believe is a transgender individual uh, Asian male is what uh, the, that person was that victim was uh, mentioned as uh, by the police by the investigators who found the remains and we, we also believe that um, I think because of the clothing that uh, they found Asian male uh, with uh, that uh, uh, that th she he um, whatever um, whatever the victim identified with in, in life uh, was um, was operating as a female so the murderer uh, originally uh, probably picked up the uh, the sex worker as a uh, as a female sex worker Again, that's you know I guess that's speculation until it, it comes out and it's it's confirmed, but that's well believed. So anyway, those ten victims will go with that. There are six others. We won't get into that. We won't have time to get into that. But uh, you know, keep an eye on where you could hear uh, Lisk conversations in the future here with me, Frank McKay, um, and you know I promise I'll I'll be doing much more on it. I have a documentary coming out. I have a book coming out. On it, and um, I have another documentary coming out on the on the Ukraine. A lot going on this year, a lot of changes, and uh, hopefully get back to normal. These uh, last eight months have been uh, bizarre, to say the least, and uh, definitely a much different um, uh, a turn than than what I'm used to doing. You know, for the last twelve years, radio and TV wise, uh, but maybe getting back to to um, that. Uh, and and more more traditionally of what I've uh, what I've been doing this whole time, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of a, a lost eight months here for me in trying to uh, get back on track. Um, Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Lisk is our conversation uh, today, and we'll be uh, talking more in the future uh, here and other stations. Well, here, other stations for sure. I don't know about here what we'll be talking about, um, but we are in a situation where uh, I personally have uh, strong feelings that the new investigators, the people that are in charge and that will be in charge of prosecuting this, are going to uh, solve the Gilgo Beach murders. And I'm giving you, you know, some, some reasons why. But before we do that, before we kind of conclude with that, uh, it's like, well, why did this happen? in the first place and again uh, just a, a refresher this really um it, it started a, a year before steve Ballone took office as county executive but the cover-up the investigation stopped uh, as soon as Ballone came in 
and uh, Jim, he put Jimmy Burke in, which was bizarre for all these reasons. I'm explaining uh, the IA report alone. Uh, that would keep somebody from a promotion, never mind to become the head of department for Suffolk County Police Department. The, the accusation that he was running a, a prostitution ring and not even just an allegation, but a, a, a pretty strong feeling from all the people in the know that it was actually happening. And the Loretta uh, Rickenbacker uh, story, and she's a, a sex worker, admitted sex worker, convicted sex worker, who was very close to Jimmy Burke. And she, um, uh, you know, she uh, told tales in jail, out of jail, um, about uh, her relationship with uh, with the the former police chief, and you know, really before he became police chief. So Ballone knew all of this, and he still put Jimmy in. And um, and as I said before, he was scared stiff of Jimmy Burke. The other dynamic in this, or the other uh, interesting character, is Tim Sinney. Tim Sinney became district attorney, and he was elected in 2017. He um, came in like a white hat, uh, you know, wearing a white hat, and he looked like he was going to be, you know, wonderful. He came to public knowledge when he first ran for, um, he ran against Kevin McCaffrey, who's now the presiding officer, uh, who's a Republican, and Cindy ran as a Democrat in, uh, in Suffolk County uh, legislature. And uh, and he lost, uh, even though everyone, uh, you know, was kind of behind behind him. And and McCaffrey ended up winning, and uh, Tim Sinney lost, but got a little um, a, a little bit of a taste for this. And Steve Ballone, the guy who found him, he, he lives right around the corner from Steve Ballone still, and is a protege of Steve Ballone. He was um, he was appointed police commissioner. Huh? How about that? He was uh, he was appointed to be the police commissioner. He had carried some boxes at the U.S. Attorney's uh, Office and did no real significant work. But he was there for, I don't know, a year and a half or two years, just kind of getting his feet wet after he got his law license and uh, had no experience. But Steve Ballone made him the police commissioner. Now, before... You know, I'm accused of talking out of both sides of my mouth. Um, we backed him, Independence Party, and I was the chair for 22 years on the Independence Party. We we backed him for legislature, uh, and when he when he ran unsuccessfully, and then we ultimately backed him for DA, and so did the uh, Conservative Party and the the Democrats, and we provided the margin of victory. Those two minor party lines for Tim Sinney. So uh, we're without sin in this and I'm you know openly admitting uh, to our mistake as I said in earlier in an earlier show uh, he had said to me uh, do you have resumes do you want jobs at the DA's office and I said no I just want one promise I want one thing he said yeah what's that I said you're going to do a serious investigation on Lisk I just did you know I just finished doing the first series on it and you know it's uh, it, it spanned three three years, even though it wasn't three years. It was like the end of 2015, 2016, and, and part of uh, maybe part of 2017. And um, 
I, a lot of interviews mostly about you know people in and around it trying to just get a handle on it and he gave me this big handshake like you got it you know don't worry about a thing it's you know, one of those things and and he did nothing he did absolutely nothing now while he was oh this i missed a part of this before he was police commissioner he was the deputy county executive in charge of public safety and in that description job description uh, jimmy burke the police chief fell under his guidance and under his his tutelage or whatever and of course we you know that's laughable because jimmy burke wasn't going to take uh advice or guidance from from Tim Sinney. But they had a meeting, I believe, every Friday, from what my sources tell me, every Friday, and they had a sit-down. And the time that is around that set of meetings, a year's worth of meetings, uh, was the time that Jimmy Burke beat the hell out of... Um, you know, someone who had a substance abuse problem and someone that was um, uh, w- was uh, you know, beat up for stealing from Jimmy Burke and covered up by the police in the DA's office. So Tim Sinney met with him once a week on Fridays. And I can only imagine those conversations. I, I imagine nothing was said. Tim Sinney was scared stiff of Jimmy Burke. In public, um, Jimmy Burke snapped his fingers, and Tim Sinney, you know, sat next to him. So then he became the, the the police commissioner after Burke went down. Burke never was fired by Ballone. You know, look at it closely. He was never fired. Ballone lied recently and said, well, when I fired Burke. No, you never fired Burke. Burke resigned, and his, uh, his lawyer, Joe Conway, who was a former U.S. attorney, said... Um, you know that uh, mutually, uh, that they mutually agreed uh, that Jim uh, would move on and blah blah blah. He's got the greatest respect, and and Chief Burke was moving on, but it was uh, it was Jimmy who called the shot on that. And this is knowing everybody knowing that he was going to go down uh, from a U.S. attorney's investigation, FBI investigation, all of that because of the cover up of the Christopher Loeb beating. Frank McKay here, coming back right after these messages with more from Lisk. And we'll be back right after this with more, breaking it down. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's breaking it down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone back. Segment four of our LISC conversation. Day four, segment four. And we have been talking the Long Island serial killing all week. And we are, uh, you know, at the end of the week. And uh, again, like I said, uh, keep keep an eye out, keep an ear out for, uh, for some uh, news on... Uh, some additional stations that I'll I'll be uh, airing on and getting back to some. At one point, we were on 125 different outlets that's streaming and, and otherwise. And I, I don't know what we're going to go that uh, big now in the future, but we're definitely going to we're going to uh, be adding stations, and uh, we'll be definitely doing some 
some lisk, some true crime. And, you know, we usually do them on Wednesdays. Well, we used to do them on Wednesdays before I got here. And, um, and we'll, we'll be going back to that with, uh, with other stations. And when we, uh, when we talk about Lisk, uh, you know, the, the first thing I want to say is, and I always say it, is that we have a great deal of respect for our law enforcement. I mean, without question, Suffolk County has wonderful law enforcement. Um, we also have some some crap law enforcement, but the, you know ninety percent, ninety nine percent of the uh, the cops that are out there are are terrific. We are not saying I am not saying um, that uh, that they're corrupt, whatever. But you know Jimmy Burke obviously is corrupt. Uh, Steve Ballone, the uh, county executive, is obviously corrupt. Is going to go down as the most corrupt politician that. Um, that you could possibly imagine his police chief his da the uh, the right hand to the da and chris mcpartland and uh, you know and especially his appointed police chief uh you know all went to federal prison <laughs> it's, there's you, you can't write it and you know he tried to spin it as if he had something to do with uh, spoda going away and uh, maybe mcpartland going away he had nothing to do with that um he attacked spoda steve Ballone. this is as a as a uh distractive measure and uh he did it on the steps of the da's office and as he knew Spoda was going down, the the telltale uh, sign that Balone, if you hear a cat in the background, it's my cat. As I'm as I'm recording, um, if you if you look back on what we have, on what what Balone has done, he called for Spoda's resignation after. It was decided that uh, that Spoda was uh, was going down. He was going he, he was going to federal prison. Spoda couldn't defend himself. I mean, it was unbelievably cowardly. Smart, smart politics, but he was unbelievably cowardly how he did it. He went after him, but at the same time, he never fired, admonished, punished, suspended anything to Jimmy Burke, who he had complete control over. Steve Ballone could have fired Jimmy Burke at any time. He could have suspended him at any time. Realistically, he couldn't because Burke has so much on Steve Ballone, it's not funny, and I don't know what all of that is, but the speculation always has been uh, that it, it ties into these parties. On Gilgo, on Oak, Oak Beach especially, and that these parties are wild and have uh, have people uh, that that are hired as sex workers. Let me just pause for a minute so you could just take that in, right? I mean, this is something that's been talked about for years. It's on record from sex workers that that participated that were paid by various members and I guess the question is is this why is this why they never wanted an investigation somebody once put it to me like this they said imagine we're a bunch of police officers 
people that work at the DA's office and politicians. And we're holding an illegal poker game. And we notice somebody gets killed right outside where we're holding our poker game. And we want to call it in, but there's a problem. If we do, then everybody's going to find out that we have an illegal poker game. So take that whole scenario and take out poker and put the word prostitutes in. That's the problem. In order to have investigated this properly, politicians, law officers, and district attorney personnel would have been exposed as doing illegal activities. Now, in some cases, as we heard from sex workers, in the case of, of Jimmy Burke, the man who Steve Ballone unbelievably appointed to be police chief, reported violent behavior during sex acts of uh, uh, sex workers, you know? I mean, sex workers were, were abused, were physically and sexually abused during these parties where they were hired and admittedly hired. But there was one young woman, and I think she went by the name Angelina, uh, she held a press conference, and John Ray, the uh, famed lawyer, and he became more famous, representing the Gil- Gilbert family, and he brought to the mic, brought to the podium, Leanne, uh, a sex worker, and she described a house and a couple of houses where these parties took place, and violent acts against her from Jimmy Burke. The house she described was, uh, uh, you know, it it sounded an awful lot like uh, Bob Strickwolf's house. And, uh, you know, and this isn't, I'm not breaking new ground here. This has been talked about and what have you. But Bob Strickwolf is the best friend growing up of Steve Ballone. And... He's still his best friend. He's worked with him very closely. And his house, a neighbor's house, where these wild parties allegedly, allegedly, allegedly took place. Having said that, maybe, maybe that's a reason why they desperately didn't want this investigated. Now, let me jump back to Sinney. We're running short on time here. But Tim Sinney became DA, did nothing. He had this ridiculous seven-and-a-half-minute press conference where he and his police commissioner, which, you know, strangely enough, became Jerry Hart. I don't want to rip her because I think she was a hostage in that situation. She couldn't do much. 
in it, and she got out to take a, a job as Hofstra's head of security, and she had a, a distinguished career as the FBI lead agent. She's the one who told Erin Moriarty and confirmed that Jimmy Burke had asked the FBI to get out, but they held up this ridiculous belt, and HM or WH, depending on what's, which way you held it, but it was this ridiculous press conference and where they found or may have found um, evidence that could or could not, may or may not have belonged to the, uh, the, the killer. So everybody was so starved for information. Oh, I can't. Keep something in mind. When they did this, John Ray, the lawyer for the Gilbert family, was about to get was about to get uh, the appellate division to overturn the release of the 911 tapes. So they wanted to distract. So they held up the stupid belts. Ridiculous. And I always said, was it a magic belt? Because there's no DNA on it. There's no fingerprints on it. And they're asking the public if they knew anything about it. And it was a distraction, but it was the only thing that Tim Sinney did while in office. As DA, just a terrible job by Sinny, and he got crushed by Ray Tierney, and here we are today in 2023, awaiting some um, some information, and I'm sure it's going to be blockbuster when it comes out. Uh, listen, I've got to go. Um, uh, great talking to you all here. Keep an eye out. Keep an ear out. For, uh, for additional stations that you'll be able to hear all of this on. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.